Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. And since I'm being the single parent, well, Paulette is working hard, and she really is, and playing hard in Washington. Got uh, GME and Stevie, the good one. So a little bit different this week. We've had a lot of... Um, Gamico Cowboy Tough World Championship and Primal Quest Love. But uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit. And uh, we've got Ryan Wade, who is putting on the promoter of the uh, NARS National Championships in Iowa City. And yes, I said Iowa City, and we talk about that. So. Um, it sounds like it actually is going to be pretty cool. So that's this week. Yes, we like you. Want to give a little shout out to Ray Galicia. I talked to my sometimes video co-host, Sir Anne Marie Dunhill. That would be senior international reporter, Anne Marie Dunhill, and told me that uh, one of the best races she's been to. Very, very well put together. Uh, organized well. Hi there. Treated the media good. They had uh, some pretty good access to things. Um, the racing was really cool. And she particularly liked um, the massage chairs in the mall at the last TA. So if uh, you're one of the people that... It, Anne Marie borrowed a uh, euro from for the chair. Lots of luck getting paid back on that. So, anyway, that's about it. Uh, shoot some mountain biking later this week, and uh, maybe even a little run. Yeah, and uh, my crazy bird. So, thanks for listening. Go fast. Take chances. And anybody want to buy a bird? Bye. Hi, Ryan. It's Randy Erickson. Hey, Randy. How are you? Good. Get the kids taken care of? Uh, I think so. <laughs> you know, I think that's the one thing I hate about modern today is I never got early outs or days off from school. It was like you went there at 8 and you got done at 3.30 every day. Yep, and there was no early outs unless it snowed or they called it off. Oh, no, then you walked uphill both ways. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right, now that old talk is over. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, we're we're live. We're not live, but we're rolling. So, introduce okay. yourself, because I don't think anybody knows who you are. Nobody knows who I am. I'm <laughs> uh, just a guy from the Midwest and from Iowa City. And uh, uh-huh. that's just getting into the venture racing series now and uh, trying to uh, learn as much as I possibly can and uh, and enjoy the sport and help grow the sport. Yeah, and by help growing the sport, by promoting the uh, NARS, NARS Nationals. That's yeah, you know. Jumping in, the, jumping in the deep end. That was, yes, jumping in. That's something that was totally unexpected. I didn't plan on seeing that happen. I wanted to bring some sort of... Uh, uh, race to Iowa City uh, for sure, but I didn't plan on getting to meet Doug Kreitzer and uh, Julia and uh, a lot of other good people to help make this all happen. So it, it kind of happened pretty quick, but uh, I'm glad it has. So, well, we'll get into that a little bit more. Let's we'll find out a little bit about about you. So, I do know you're kind of a rookie adventure racer, but where how did you get started and why? Well, I got started, you know, it comes down to I have three really good friends. We travel the country. We, we do events all around the country uh, for the last four or five years. And uh, we sat down at dinner last year. And I watched a video, I think it was, the My Mountain Adventure race that Doug put on, not even knowing that I would meet Doug anytime. <clears throat> and then I... Got it, and I watched an Eco Challenge, and I watched Eco Challenges uh, when they're on TV on Discovery Challenge uh, Channel uh, many years ago. And then uh, told my buddies that we were all going to pick one thing to do over the next two years, and uh, doing an adventure race was my thing I wanted to do with my friends. But before that, 
it's a funny story. We decided to do the stubborn mule last year, the 30 hour stubborn mule up in uh, Cable, Wisconsin, and uh, which was a heck of a race, uh, not knowing how difficult it was going to be. I'd never done any sort of orienteering or real navigating. My buddy Chad Furlong and I decided to go up and to do that just to see what it was going to be about. And uh, we got uh, we got thrown to the wolves, and uh, we were so frustrated and uh, and humbled at the same time. But you know, we were having breakfast the next morning at this little little cafe in Cable, and uh, the team with Dolly was there, sitting right next to us. And we're the only people in there. I, we had no idea who they were, and uh, they kind of overheard our conversation. Uh, kind of came over and talked to us for a good half hour, kind of uh, lifted our spirits up, and uh, and then Chad and I kind of decided we're going to pursue this further and see how competitive we can get. So, well, what was your background? What were you traveling? What kind of racing were you doing before that? We did it. You know, we've done. I've done just about every Spartan in every in, in a few tough mutters uh, along the way. Uh, we've done Pennsylvania, Vermont. Chicago, Wisconsin, uh, Tahoe, Vegas, uh, Texas, uh, kind of doing all that circuit. And then me and my buddies would go around and do a lot of the elite heats down there. Uh, and then uh, what else have we done? We've done? I've done World's Toughest Mudder, you know, three or four years. I mm-hmm. uh, couldn't do it last year. That's, that's a pretty grueling event in itself. Um, but it's time for a change. And uh, Yeah. You know, instead of following a track the whole time and uh, having someone tell you what to do all the time, uh, that's what kind of drew me to adventure racing more in the last year and a half. Well, that's, you know, we've heard that last few years in adventure racing. You know, one, it's like Monday morning, you have to explain to everybody, no, it wasn't a tough mudder, I was adventure racing. But, and, and two, that hopefully we can bring a bunch of those people into the adventure racing. And, and I think you're, you're an exa- you're the example of that. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you know, the more people I talk to about it and the more I see, you know, it's, it's OCR racing is great. The atmosphere is great. I will never say anything bad about uh, OCR races and how, what they do there. Because I think, you know, it brings people together in mass in a, in a mass quantity. They bring in five to 10,000 people. Mm-hmm to each event but you know that's more of a spectator event uh it's easier to do that and it's easier to get people convinced to uh go do a five or <clears throat> ten mile race pretty easily yeah. to do an adventure race it's a little bit harder to explain to people what it's all about mm-hmm. but i think people are starting to understand the, the thing do you, is the the spartans and tough mutters is it because people see them, I mean, is it that you know the TV coverage, online coverage, is they see it and think, oh, well, I could do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's the TV and online coverage and, and the social media coverage that they that they're mm-hmm. so great at. And there's really only two high, I would say, only two real companies, you know, Tough Mudder and Spartans, that really. Yeah promote themselves in, in, in a, a mass in a, in a huge way to everyone through every local event. I mean, you, you can't go anywhere without seeing someone has a, a Spartan finisher shirt on or a Tough Mudder finisher shirt on there or on social media. You're always seeing people posting pictures. They might, and they might only do one event, but they can always say that they did it a Tough Mudder or a Spartan. Yeah. And, and they've really done a good job of, uh, keeping that momentum going, even though the OCR uh, attendances are way down over the last few years. I think uh, Spartan's average attendance last year, don't quote me on this, was around 6,000. I think they're getting ten to 12,000 at most uh, events uh, the two or, a year or two before. So that's a pretty big drop-off over a couple of years. Yeah, but do you think that's because <laughs> it's kind of been there, done that, got the T-shirt? Exactly, and that's exactly yeah. what's happening now. Is uh, people have been there, done that, and you, you know, and I've, I've, I'm, I've probably done 25 Spartans, and I don't know how many Tough Mudders, not very many Tough Mudders, except for World's Toughest. And uh, you talk to people, and when you go to those events, you'd be amazed how many people. And this is my first one. This is my first one, and you yeah. have to wonder how many actually do a second or third or fourth one. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's that's always my joke on, on the podcast here is 
is is the number of racers that I talked to that they went to their first adventure race and it's like, yeah, I love this, but we never get to talk to the ones that went to their first adventure race and are like, nope, never doing that again. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. there might be a lot of a lot of uh, obstacle racers that are in in that camp, but so. Do you, as a as a racer and this and a first time promoter, this may not be. You may not have an answer for this, but do you think there's things that adventure racing can steal? And I'm going to use that word steal from from obstacle racing. There's um, there's, there's a whole bunch I, I believe <laughs> you can steal from the way they promote themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the TV coverage is is huge again, yeah. uh, which you know they're just really starting to get that TV coverage. I feel over the last few years they didn't have it uh, three four years ago. Um, I think you could steal the uh, the idea of having you know one large identity and having one identity in adventure racing would be a really huge niche because then. You see, I'll, you know, my problem, I was so confused out when I became a crossover to the sport was there's no one really to identify with in the sport who's the main leader and who's putting on the best product. There's a yeah. hundred different race directors out there, but they're all kind of individuals. There's not one main identity, uh, like a corporate identity that's running it like a business Yeah, man. For, for a full-time job. And I think that structure there, if someone can land – a full national or even worldwide identity and focusing their attention on we're an adventure racing series. You know, we take all athletes from all backgrounds and let's see what you can do and, uh, and pull those elite athletes and have that more, more of those sponsorships and, and sponsorships is huge. I mean, some of the, I mean, these OCR athletes are getting paid anywhere from $2,000 for a win to, Twenty to hundred thousand dollars per win uh, when they when they go and and that draws people to it you know so those first that's one of the reasons why I told Doug if we're going to bring the NARS championship here I'm going to guarantee you a ten thousand dollar purse to bring those those teams here so I want it, I want it to be one of those events that people want to come to not just because of Iowa City but you know there's a there's a there's a reward at the end for them as well so well yeah that just <clears throat> it. It's America, money talks, right? It, it does, and it's sad to say that the sport is such but, a great sport, and it's yeah. you know, I'm, you know, the, the non-traditional sports here in America are, are coming up. I believe uh, the cycling, the you see a lot, a lot of high schools having now mountain bike teams. Um, mm-hmm. The cross country is kind of converting over to more of the ultra running scene. I see more kids getting into ultra running as well at an early age that you didn't see before. So, I mean, there's, there's avenues here. You just got to kind of plug them all into one. Yeah. That's is, I, I mean, you know, this is the third year of the podcast and I am, and I'm seeing, you know, growth, but I'm also seeing that people are really starting. I, I think to figure out what needs to be done, it's just a question of how, how's it, How's it going to happen? So, yeah, it's yeah. you know you you want to bring the like in Iowa City. I'm hoping to draw you know don't get the, the community involved and make this an event and not just have mm-hmm. it one year, but have it have an event here every year. It doesn't have to be the NARS Championship every year here, yeah. but have an event here where the community kind of grows and learns and and, and feeds off it. And I think that's really important to have a shorter course, a short course here for people who have never done one before. That's another mm-hmm. way that to get the people involved is. Is not overwhelming them with a with a six to eight hour race, but doing more of a, a four to five hour race that's that's fun and different, and, uh, and they they still hear four or five hours, but you know once they they do it, it it's they'll, they'll understand it's not you don't have to be in the best shape to do it. You can go out and you can walk and have a good time. You don't have to get every checkpoint. You know you don't have to place in the top three just go out and make it an event and not really make it about winning or losing but just you know an experience yeah i think maybe maybe this is something that adventure racing should focus on the uh middle middle packers because yeah you know you can go out and just sort of saunter through the woods and have a nice bike ride and float down the river and and do an adventure race 
So correct. Yeah. Maybe yeah. have a wannabe category. I want to be an adventure exactly. racer, but I don't know how. Exactly, but you know what people want, and that's why people, I think, also went to the OCR and really gravitated towards it because they had the sense of accomplishment by training for it, and there's plans out there to train for it, but also they're looking for that experience that they can they can share with other people because they can share an experience with someone that no one else has ever done, and they look at you like, you're crazy. People love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You did what over the weekend? Exactly. Oh, I could never do that. Yeah, you know, you say I did an adventure race over the weekend. Oh, I could never do that. Yes, you could. And that's you got to explain to them and get them, get them more educated on what what it is. And that's and that can happen. I know it can. Yeah. So, how far along are you with with planning for nationals? Do you have you know things planned for you know short races? You know, how are you going to get the community involved? Uh, yeah, we're getting. Uh, I mean, I think Doug and uh, and John are coming over uh, in mid June to spend five days in Iowa City. We have, we're getting them, the community involved through local sponsorships, like the local uh, outdoor fitting fitters uh, are coming coming together. Shields is one of our sponsors. Uh, we have a, a, a national franchise uh, called Poncho's Mexican Grill. They have uh, rest, restaurants all across the country, more of a Midwest Iowa. Uh, a company um, based out of Iowa City. Um, we have Shy Pattery involved, and then we're also, you know, we're, we're reaching out to. We're going to try to reach out to more of the high schools and, and schools. I, I believe Doug and I have been talking a lot about that lately, getting some of the youth involved. Uh, yeah, that's that's how the sport's going to grow. Um, it's kind of a grassroots thing here. Um, so in the short course, we're still we're still uh, figuring that out. The long course, I, I have no idea what's going on in the long course because I'm competing in it. So I am uh, oh, okay. blackballed from knowing any information about the long course. Uh, they won't. Yeah. They they kick me out of all the meetings. Um, so. The DNR and uh, the Parks and Rec here are been phenomenal so far. They want people to see their parks and uh, and their and their and their uh, what they have to offer. So they're they're bending over backwards for us here locally to make everything happen. Well, that's cool. So don't take this wrong, and don't take this wrong if you live in Iowa, but why should everybody come to Iowa City to race? It's Iowa. It's cornfields. That's nice. That's what everyone thinks. <laughs> Iowa is – I ran across Iowa. I know. I'm, I'm – yeah. You know, I had the same same thought in my mind when I, when I decided to run across Iowa last year. Um, it should be pretty flat. Don't really have to worry about the elevation game. It is the most rolly. It all looks the same. It's going to be challenging. Uh, we have the lakes around here and the, the trails we have around here between the single bike tracks uh, and all of the hundreds and hundreds of miles of single track running you can do around here. It's, it's pretty dense. And uh, Iowa City is a really cool town it's 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 a it's a college campus it's uh got i think we have close to fifty thousand students here on campus with grad students um the town is a once you get here you'll understand why people want to live here and uh i came to school to iowa and i said i'd never live anywhere else yeah well that's a pretty pretty good endorsement it's it's you'd be amazed once you, once you get here. That's you know, and I think the course is going to be a lot more challenging than uh, people people can uh, expect, especially the nav stuff because it's going to look very sim- similar and it's going to be look very rolling. Yeah, but you know, you, like you said, you got lots of water, lots of I, it, you know, I I just want to make sure everybody understands you're not going to be doing cornfield mazes. No, no, no cornfields. I think the farmers would probably uh, uh, not be very happy about that, and they would uh, yeah. chase you out pretty darn quick. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you do? You have any idea? I mean, have people been getting in touch? Do they feel excited. They're very you know, excited, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially the local community. I mean, um, a lot of people know I'm, I'm involved in bringing it to town. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I have people walk up to me. What's this you're bringing to town? And I, and I explain what adventure racing is, and then uh, kind of you know throw out the, the short course to them, and and say you don't need to be able to run a marathon. You don't need to be able to 
bike a hundred miles. If you can bike 10 miles and you can, you can hike 10 to 15 miles and you want to have fun, you can do it. Um, yeah. and then, uh, they got this, uh, the CVB here, uh, uh, the quarter visitor, visitors bureau has gotten involved too, and, and they're helping promote it as well. Um, so, I mean, there's yeah. just a lot of buzz, but still a lot of questions from the community. Mm-hmm. Like, what is this? You know, it sounds awesome. How do I do it? Uh, so a lot of, a lot of questions and answers, uh, to yeah. local people. Yeah. Is there much, I mean, adventure racing is huge in the Midwest. And I think, I think a lot of people understand that, that, you know, everybody assumes, well, shouldn't it all be out in California, but it's like East coast, Midwest, <clears throat> you know, a little bit in Colorado, but so you've kind of, I mean, locally in a, you know, 50 mile radius, how many are there adventure racers? Do you have a good core, or do you got to go a little farther uh, out to get the group? You know, there's, uh, you know, I've been approached by at least four or five people in town that, that I did not know until the NARS championship was coming to town that, that are adventure racers. Yeah. So I would say there's probably a good handful, 10 to 15 yeah. in town alone that I, I didn't know about. Yeah. Uh, and then I mean, of course, my buddies who we're all crossing over right now. Um, yeah. It's probably twenty in Iowa City, and then you go to Cedar Rapids, which is thirty miles north of here, which is about three hundred thousand people. I'm sure there's twenty, thirty, forty people up there. Um, yeah. Quad cities. I know there's a, a, quite a few in the quad cities that race. Um, you know, and the, it's just to count the races alone this year in Iowa. I think there's one, two, three, four, four or five six maybe six or seven races just within 200 miles of iowa city this year alone yeah that's it's it's kind of a little hotbed of racing i mean you start yeah you look at the stuff just that whole midwest region that's i guess there's enough people and 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 i think you've got uh space to do it too that that can always be a hassle yeah, no, you know, and, and people, you know, it's a very outdoors community. Iowa, I mean, there's more bikers and runners per capita here. Yeah. I would put, I mean, everyone runs and bikes around here. Um, yeah. And you look at people who want to be challenged around here because, you know, we, we do live in Iowa. Let's face it. We don't have the mountains. We don't have the oceans. Yeah. We don't, you know, we don't have those luxuries of, of some people on the east and west coast. So when we have an opportunity to do something that's fun and kind of crazy, we're going to jump on it. Yeah, well, but you also have the advantage. You can you can ride a hundred hills. They all might only be a hundred feet high, but that's still a hundred thousand feet of climbing. So it adds up real it, quick. It, it yeah, does. I mean, I I lived in eastern South Dakota in the nineties, which everybody says is flat, and then kind of is. But you know, you get down in that corner, Sioux Falls, you know, Iowa, Minnesota. It's like, yeah. yep, you're you're just going up and down all the time, just not. You're not climbing for an hour. No, it, for it, up it catches back up down. to you, and, and yeah. you don't you don't even think that you know it's catching up to you. You don't, you don't see that that steep hill. You see that gradual 200 foot incline, and then back down, and then right at the bottom of it, there's another one. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and then now all the uh, unmain unmaintained roads that all the gravel grinders are finding, and it's it's uh, getting to be a lot of things to do. There's a yeah, I mean uh, Steve Cannon puts on a, a, a lot of races over here you know, for bike races and uh, all the B roads that are just unmaintained and those are just brutal. Yeah, and I hope so. uh, and I hope they they throw in some B roads and some other roads around here that uh, for the race because that'll be uh, quite challenging because I know of at least twenty thirty miles of B roads just within two miles outside of town that are that are just killer. <laughs> they are so um what day after the race is over what what are you or what will make you consider the race a success you know number of people how many people said thanks and how how will you describe a successful race you know i i think uh, that's a good question i think <laughs> It's going to come down to not the pe- it's going to come down to the people who have never done one before and come to me afterwards and say they had a great time with a big smile on their face even though they're exhausted. Yeah. And 
having a beer uh, with everyone at Big Grove. Because Big Grove, I should mention them too. I'll talk to you about them later. But I think just saying that they they enjoy the experience and something new, and and then they tell their friends about it, and then the next event we have here in Iowa City next year, it, it's even bigger. Um, I, I'm not going to judge this on uh, how many participants show up. Uh, I think it's kind of going to be an uh, unrealistic expectation. Do I want two to three hundred people to do the short course and then have thirty teams doing the the, the twenty four to thirty hour race? That'd be that'd be ideal. But you know that's a goal. Uh, if it doesn't yeah. happen, I'm not going to be disappointed. Well, there's always that first year, you know, you know, especially people that race a lot, they can be a little choosy and they they're like, well, does this guy know what he's doing? Is this going to be a good race? So yeah, yeah, you, you know, gotta fight I, that a little bit. And I'm not really the race director for this. So, yeah. I mean, Doug is basically you know putting it all on him and John um, are putting yeah. the race on. I'm just kind of the coordinator, bringing everyone together and helping them getting the right contact with, uh, with who they need to know here locally. So it makes things go smoother for them because, you know, Doug's out in Pennsylvania and John's over in yeah. West Des Moines. And uh, yeah. so I'm just kind of here coordinating and facilitating the, with the through emails and phone calls and what they need and I help get it, get it done for them. Yeah, but that's kind of, don't undersell it. That's kind of the hard part. <laughs> well, yeah, it's the what hard you're, part. What you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, but I enjoy it, and, and the community is is embracing it, so that makes it even more enjoyable. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see. We what did, what did Doug and John know about adventure racing? But oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot more than I do. That's for sure. The <laughs> stories are, yeah, are awesome. A lot more than most people do. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah, so you know, and another thing we're trying to do here too is you know, you know, I, you know, some of these adventure I've done. I've only done, you know, a few adventure races in the last, you know, nine months. You know, what we're going to do here in Iowa City is uh, the start's going to be at this new bre- uh, Big Row Brewery. It's like a 80,000-square-foot brewery, brand new here in town. My, my buddy Nick Kading and Matt Swift opened up, and they have this huge outdoor uh, patio, pavilion, outdoor space with bocce courts, and inside this huge brewery. Uh, they So that's going to be the launch of the start and finish spot of the of the race. So. When we go off, you're going to have spectators there watching you because yeah. the city's going to come out to watch it. And then uh, when it's done, it's going to be a party at the end. You know, we're hoping that the short course and the long course can finish somewhat close together so that there's four or 500 people gathering at Big Grove for big for big festivals at, at, afterwards and then uh, do awards and have media there and TV there for it as well. So, Yeah, yeah well, that's... That's actually sounds like a lot of fun. Um, I I will, and I don't know how this works out, but I will tell you the best finish to any race I've ever witnessed was Expedition Idaho, where they scheduled it. They finished at a beer and blues festival on top of a mountain. And uh, kind of what we're shooting for is kind of have a a live band and a festival at the end and make it a festival atmosphere at the end. Because I'm not sure. You've ever heard of Jingle Cross? Um, it's in the yep. World Cup series, and that's you know that's a few weeks before. So that that whole month yeah. is going to be Jingle Cross and our championship. So the town's going to be this big buzz, and then uh, there's a huge race the day after our race too here in town. Uh, it's the Run for the Schools, which is a huge running race. It has like three thousand people that run it every year. That's happening the same weekend, so it's going to be a big outdoor kind of I don't know lifestyle for a whole three four weeks here in Iowa City, which is pretty yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah. Well, did you is was did you kind of schedule around Jingle Cross trying for that buzz for your date? Yeah, of course we did. Yeah, yeah, we uh-huh. did. We did. We didn't want to. We didn't want to put them on top of each other, but we wanted yeah. close enough to where that that uh that feeling was still going with Jingle Cross. Because uh, Jingle Cross had, I think, oh what uh, one day I was there. There was I think they said fifteen thousand people there, spectators just watching the race. Yeah, yeah that's a that's a well, it's a uci race correct and, and i think right they're not doing vegas this year so no they're doing it, um minnesota or uh, yeah, uh, yeah that's changed up some way but yeah, yeah. but it, basically it's the first two rounds of the world cup so and that's a that's a huge maybe we could you got to figure out how to steal just a little bit of that audience 
<laughs> yeah, and that's that's the same audience that's going out to watch Geno Cross, and, and half of them, and, you know, half the people out there just want something to watch. And yeah. those same spectators are going to be at Big Grove, hopefully. I don't know some of them will be yeah. to watch Denars. And, and, and I wish we could, you know, that's another thing about uh, uh, adventure racing. It's not a very spectator-friendly spectator uh, sport, and uh, I'm not no. sure how to change that. Uh, yeah, that's you know the age-old question. It's just the, the person that figures that out will be, well, they they they'll be the race director not going broke. Correct. Because <laughs> nobody's ever going to get rich doing it. No, no, you're exactly so, right. But so, um, is there any any other cool things going on during the weekend of the race, or have we covered? Oh, uh, you know that's. Uh, Pretty much, you know, and there's going to be a, a, a meet and greet uh, Thursday night, the check-in. So we're going to have the check-in, I think, Thursday night. We're hoping uh, all the elite athletes coming to town, all the top five teams that are going to be there. We're, I think Doug and I are planning on having them sit up at a, at a question and uh, answer uh, a briefing yeah. for the public to kind of get there to get to know the racers, what they're all about, what's the venture race about, hear mm-hmm. some of their stories have the media there also interviewing them at the same time to get that buzz out. Yeah. So the night before is going to have a pre-race dinner uh, Thursday night before the race starts uh, at Big Grove. So there'll be, okay. a, there'll be, it'll start Thursday night and, and go all the way till Saturday afternoon, pretty much. Yeah. Well, sounds, sounds like, sounds like you sort of got it. You're, you're well ahead of the game and you're planning. Well, we hope so, and we want to yeah. make this, you know, we want these racers that, that do come, and then the ones that don't come wish they had come. Because once yeah. they, we hope that once they hear, they hear how good of an event it was and how well it was put on and yeah. how, how opening the community was to the idea of adventure racing, that becomes a, a tradition here in Iowa City that there will be a, a big event here every year. Yeah. yeah, well, it sounds like the community could definitely support it, so that's good. Yes. Yeah. Okay, here's a little bit of a personal question on the race. Yeah. Pre-plotted maps, or do you want to plot your own? <laughs> I want, knowing more that now, um, I like the pre-plotted maps uh, yeah. to an extent. Um, yeah. I still like to have one transition area where you have to, you know, plot at least 10 on, mm-hmm. on a longer course. You know, I like the yeah. idea of, of being tired and having to sit down and gather your thoughts and and work for it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it, it goes either way, really. I, I kind of like to pre-plot it from the beginning, and then uh, at some point knowing that you're going to have to plot something is my yeah. preference. And then um, maps the night before or two hours before the race? <sighs> oh, <laughs> and, and I'm only asking these because these are these are the controversial questions at adventurers. No, <laughs> well, don't get the maps. We got the maps 30 minutes before the uh, the stubborn mule last year, mm-hmm. and uh, not ever doing an adventure race and doing a 30 hour race. I don't recommend that. Yeah, uh, I've gotten the maps you know the night before, which wasn't Didn't. which helped i mean it's basically yeah. a bike well, the one i got was a, it was a bike route so you just kind of went out and pre-plotted your uh your way to the next transition area uh oh i can really care less to answer your question <laughs> well I think, I, everybody I gets them at the up. same time right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think yeah, everyone gets in the same time everyone's under the same um same playing field so i mean it it, it, it could get uh, i don't know that's a tough one yeah, well, I I mean, I really like the World Series. You know, you get them two hours before you get on the bus, you know, dark zone, electrical dark zone. Um, you know, at, at Worlds, I think people like that because, you know, you didn't have to stress out it overnight. You know, you had to be relatively quick. But, you know, some teams are like, well, we'll figure out the first day and then we'll deal with it after that. So, Yeah, um, exactly. You know, and in the cause of experience, you know, I think the more experience you have, uh, the less you really care when you get them because uh, you're yeah. going to be more educated in what to do. So, yeah, that that that's true. Is there, you know, since you're racing it, you won't know the course, but is there one thing in the area that you really, really hope you go to? 
one thing I really hope we go to. Yeah, some feature, uh, some piece of land, paddling. I would love to be able to rappel off of Kinnick Stadium, which is the University of Iowa's football stadium. That'd be fun, or rappel off of one of the buildings downtown. I think that'd be really cool. Um, that's a, more of a, a city landmark that I think would be a, a cool feature. Um, yeah. Knowing John, he's going to throw in some ascending. Uh, that'd be cool. I'd love to do some ascending. Um, hmm. And I'd love to be somewhere where I run all the time. Okay. Um, so how about this? Yeah. You ascend you ascend one side up the, the stadium, run down the steps, run across, run up the steps the other side, and rappel down. That's perfect. we got to get some uh, blessings on that. And, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's yeah. be, that'd, be a, that'd be a tough one to pull off. Yeah, well, you know, we can always wish, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe year two. Year two, yeah, maybe. Yeah. So you're a begin- we're, we're I'm going to move back to you now because that's yeah. the way I work. My brain doesn't work like other people's. Um, you're new. Oh, right. You're a rookie. Let's let's say you're kind of a rookie. What do you want to do in adventure racing the next, you know, 12 months, couple of years? What do you, what do, where do you want to go in the sport? I want the, this first year, this year, last year, and then this summer is just educating myself and getting better and learning, uh, not only from racing, but from other racers. Um, and then I would love, you know, I am 40 years old. This is a sport I feel I can, I can do for another 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. I will, I would love to be competitive. I, I know my background and what I can do. I love to be competitive with my my buddies and not win, uh, but you know, get done and be and be proud of myself for uh, yeah. for what we just did. And uh, I think we can do that. And that's what's cool about the sport is that it's not it's not the strongest, it's not the fastest, it's not you know the most athletic. It's it's always going to come down to your team diversity and and how well you cope with stress. And uh, that's what's awesome to me about this and how what I want to take from it is because. Adventure racing is all about life. You yeah. look at adventure racing and life in, in general; they correspond so well together. I mean, they, they intertwine in your in your daily struggles and then in, in your racing struggles. So, uh, I really feel how you you know you reflect on life and, and and struggles you have in life will help you in the sport. And and that's what just drawing me to the sport because it's such a challenge. You know, you're not following a dotted line; you're following what's you know, in your gut and, and what's in your head. And, uh, and that's kind of how life is too. Yeah. Well, really, yeah, that, that it is, it's, uh, you know, adventure racing. It's like compressed life. Correct. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Adventure racing years are, yeah. Um, so that's, I, always, I like to ask this question. Is there, is there something about you that your teammates know that your wife doesn't? Oh boy. <laughs> oh god! And, and don't and please don't tell us what it is if there is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure there is. We all have our quirks. They, you know, about my teammates. You know, we've done so much together. Like next week, we're going out to do rim to rim to rim, uh, and uh, just just for the for the fun of it. And yeah. uh, you know, we all know our our, our flaws, and and uh, I'm I'm a totally different. And they see me black out. They see me fall asleep walking before uh, my buddy chad had to knock me on, on the shoulder one year at world stuff's mother wake me up as i was walking so i mean yeah i mean nothing really that they my wife doesn't know that they don't know they, my wife probably knows a lot more about me than than they do than they do yeah well give give it a few more years of racing and and oh yeah there that'll come out so um oh, yeah. I, I should i maybe should ask this earlier but so what was your background before you started doing obstacle racing? You know, was there one? My background, well, I went to, I was a, played, you know, the traditional sports, I like to call them, yeah. uh, football, basketball, and uh, mm-hmm. track. And growing up, basketball was my main, my main passion. Uh, um, and then, you know, went to school, and then, you know, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. When, we were, when I was in college, I, no one really ran or worked out so much when we were in college and you look at college kids now um, they're always running and doing activities and to get back to your point though you know i took a break from doing 
absolutely nothing. Having a family, starting my companies up and, and focusing more on family and companies until I was about oh, 31. Then I got back into running again and fell in love with running. So that, I would say running's more of my background than, than anything. Okay. Yeah. So, well, you know, every everybody's, well, I shouldn't say everybody's got <laughs> some background. There's a few people that are just like, you know, I just started adventure racing. So. Yeah, no. More power to Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you said companies. So I'm taking it you're sort of a uh, a, a entrepreneur um, entrepreneur type guy. So what what is what do you do in real life? Real life, I am a I'm a real estate developer. Uh, I buy, hold, uh, multifamily and commercial buildings here locally. Um, also have small investments in, you know, some uh, other companies that I'm more silent on. So um, I like to call myself a small business entrepreneur. It's kind of what I do. Well, kind of the perfect background for putting on a uh, first-time adventure race, isn't it? Well, it helps. It definitely helps to know know the right people in town and and to get things done. It definitely helps. How how important is that, knowing – Knowing who the person is that you need to talk to. Very. I mean, I, I couldn't do it without the local local support from the CDB and the mayors, um, city councils. Uh, it, it's it's huge when you get, you know, because Iowa City is basically three different com- communities in one. There's Iowa City, and there's Corville, there's North Liberty, and they're basically one big city because they're all touching each other. So, you know, yeah. to put this race on, we, we needed, you know, permission from Parks and Recs in Iowa City, Coralville, North Liberty. We need the the, core, the CVB to be on board for the media and everything else. And then you want to get the uh, then you want to get the DNR involved as well. So that's you know outside of city, city limits. So knowing all those people and how, how to bring them all together. I think our first meeting with Doug when he when he drove in from Pennsylvania at the meeting there was probably fifteen to twenty people sitting in one room discussing this race. So. Well, that's cool. It yeah, you could get all those there that early. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and that's and that's that's Iowa City for you, though. And they, they hear an idea, a cool idea, and then everyone kind of rallies towards it. Oh, sweet. So, um, I think I think we covered everything, but um, just a little bit. You know, send me send me all your links for your sponsors and all that good stuff, and in, in, in the info. So we yeah, can definitely. put that in the show notes so they can start to get their their money's worth because we can't do it without the sponsors, right? You cannot. And you got to thank them. You got to thank them a lot. Yeah. I mean, they're they're they're, uh, they're putting up. There's a lot of sponsors. They're they're putting up some pretty big money to bring it to town. So you know, we could not pull this off without them. Yeah. You know, you... so well, good for them. And then I think. Maybe if we can work it out when uh, Doug and John are there, maybe we'll we'll uh, all get on and we'll maybe do another little episode. So that'd be awesome. I think you'll know a little bit more. They'll know a little bit more, and you know maybe they'll have to plug your ears once or twice so you can't hear. But they took me out of plenty of meetings already. <laughs> so so. Um, I I know the feeling when um, Primal Quest was here in '09. My wife, I mean. I helped lay out the course, and my wife was on a team, so there was a lot of um, go in the other room. I got to make a, I got to talk to somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. That's how I feel. I'm kind of like the black sheep in the room. Like, can we talk about this mm-hmm. right now? They always ask me, or, or Doug, can we talk about this? I'm like, no, oh, I got to leave. <laughs> so. So, yeah. Don't take but, it personally. No, I don't. It's, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to leave. Yeah. So. Well, cool. So we'll talk to you again. Uh, in June sometime then. Sound good? Perfect. Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the chat. Yep, you bet. All right. Bye. Bye.
Thank you.